everybody and welcome back to for the haters podcast uh this is your host becky (laughs) uh before we get started i'm just gonna go around the room and let everyone know who is here we have laura who is our writer what up what up uh we have devin who is our videographer and editor what is going on (laughs) and then we have our special guest chris hey all how we doing (laughs) um welcome chris Thank you for having me. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. This is great. Um, So what we like to do is kind of extend the conversation of what your video is on. So for those of you that aren't listening, make sure to go check out our YouTube channel for the haters um, because his video came out yesterday. There's a lot of important messages, um, you know, in his video, just like all of our videos. So make sure you guys go check it out and subscribe, um, you know, so we make sure we keep on keep on going and keep on doing this. Um, so Chris, Becky, (laughs) um, if you want to kind of just explain why you're here, um, give like a, a elevator pitch of what we just talked about in the video. So I am here. I, um, I'm a comedian actor and, um, I've ever since I saw the first episode of for the haters, um, it resonated with me because I grew up, um, I was bullied a lot and have a lot of self-esteem issues um, growing up. And um, I think we touched a lot on that on the video. Um, the words can hurt. And um, I think we're going to touch more on it in this podcast. Am I correct? That's but, correct. But yeah, we, um, you know, I was bullied a lot as a kid and, and made fun of. And, uh, you know, it followed me. Basically, the uh, words, they say words can hurt. And they, they did. I didn't realize the effects they had on me. Um um, as an adult until I sought therapy and um, and realized that stuff I went through as a kid resonated and it's still in my head that says you can't do this, you can't do that, you're not worthy of this, you're not worthy of that. Um, so, um, but yet I still do comedy and acting and um, still fight through it. So, And it wasn't only kids that were saying it no, to you either. No, it was, no, it was I had a- adults and uh, teachers and, you know, the nuns and the... Um, uh, the, the one the one story that really started the ball rolling was I, was I kept telling my therapist this story about this nun who called me up to the board and the the problem was like two times there was the easiest problem ever but I wasn't thinking of the problem I was just thinking that I had to work it out in front of the whole class and so I was like frozen and literally heard uh, he's such a moron he's such an idiot I can't believe he doesn't know and then she kept from me from the nun or from the class from the class but she knew I wasn't good at math so it wasn't something she probably shouldn't have did um, and then she kept me in for her class when they came back to eat, because we ate lunch in the rooms so her class my class went back to eat lunch in the room and her class came back in and I was on display for them so it was a whole new group of kids that said the same thing. And, and I never realized what it affected, but I must have told my therapist that like almost every session. She was like, you tell me that a lot. There were some deeper issues. Let's get into your childhood there and what happened. And that's kind of how I realized that, yes, the stuff that, that's why I have a bad self-esteem uh, as I have. You know, to speak to what you just said, we talked about it in the video. Um, and I feel like I always do that. I, I've noticed I keep saying the same things, but to um, speak to what you were saying in the video, um, the effect, obviously people know the effect that we have as kids that from being bullied as kids, um, I don't think it's as talked about is the effect that adults have on you. Um, you know, you talked about how it prevented you from, or not knowingly it prevented you from speaking up to other adults about things that were going on because, you know, they were the problem as well. Yeah. Yeah, the, not, not the adults in my house, the adults, like, the teachers and stuff. I had a great, loving family, but it was just that I just was, I felt the problem was me. I felt that I deserved, because it happened so much, so I should be a, a loser, or a, you know. Um, so I kind of felt that, because it just happened so many, so many times that um, I felt, well, if it's happening this much, it's got to be, it's got to be, you know, I am a moron, or I am a loser, or whatever it was. So I never even told them, which to this day I still regret because 
they, they could have stopped it if, if I would have told my, my mom or my dad or my, you know, any of my siblings or, um, you know. Um, but, no, in school was tough because you had the, the teachers. You know, I talked about it in the video about the word snitch and tattletale. People use that. Teachers use that to kids too much, and I just think it, it a lot of kids say, oh, I don't want to tell, I'll be a snitch. And, well, you know, how's it going to stop if you don't make it stop? Because if you actually do something to the kid, then you're going to get in trouble. So, I mean, I just think that, you know, the word snitch and tattletale are terrible words because it just it makes the kid fearful to speak up and say, hey, this is what's going on, you know. Um, so, uh, Guys, we just had a tornado warning, so... Um we just had some technical difficulties and had to change rooms and change rooms back. So if we're not going directly with what we were just talking about, we are sorry. I took cover while they did that. <laughs> um, I th- so where were we, huh? <clears throat> so it was about, you know, being made fun of as a kid and it's sticking with you. And the first time I realized it stuck with me was uh, in that class with the nun and the um, – and I told the story several times in therapy. And um, that's when I realized that, you know, the words that were with me as a child stayed with me as an adult because it affected a lot of different things I did as an adult. Or didn't do, I should say, as an adult. What are some things that you, you know, that you didn't do as an adult? That- um, being in show business and comedy and acting and uh, the two places to go were LA and New York. And I was always fearful that I could never make it and I could never do it because I had, once again, self-esteem that said that I could never do it and never make it. Um, Talking to girls. I'm not good at talking to girls because I was never, you know, I always thought I was had nothing to offer, you know, which I still struggle with, and um, uh, just had nothing to offer them. I wasn't good-looking enough or wasn't this, was too fat, was too this, too that. Um, You know. Has that changed for you at all? No, not much. Um, and even girls that like me, that like, there's, which have been very few, but the girls that like me, like, if if I don't like them like that, you know what I mean? Like, I not ignore them. I try to, I try to kind of be nice. It's weird. Like, I don't, I don't want to hurt them like I've been hurt. So I don't want to lead them on by just talking up with them or, you know what I mean? Because I've been there where the, a girl has led me on that I've liked and has no intention, just was, an, I was a nice guy, so she kind of was like, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, that really hasn't, I struggle with that still. Like, I won't go up to, like, my, my buddy a couple weeks ago invited me to go out. He was meeting a couple girls, and I was like, nah, nah, nah. Because I just feel like he's a good-looking dude, and I'm not, and I just, I didn't want to be in that situation. So, no, I still struggle with that. Um, so you struggle with even being, like, the wingman of your buddies? Yeah, not even the wingman, just self-esteem as being me, you know, just not, I don't, I have to be nicer to me and be okay with my situation. I still live at home with my parents, I still, you know, I was in LA and did a movie, it bombed, I was in New York and did some things that didn't work out, so, you know, I was always back home because I have a supportive family who was like, you know, you know, um, we're here when you need us, we're here for, which is a great thing, um, thank God, um, so and that's something that I've always lived with shame with, um, that I, nothing ever worked out for me. So once again, all this stuff was being kind of, um, what's the word, um, kind of reassured in my head that I really wasn't good enough for any of this stuff. It keeps coming back to me. Um, so it's something that I still struggle with, you know, of, of being, you know, not good enough for a lot of different things. I mean, on the record, I think that anybody that, you know, has the opportunity to film anything at all um, is pretty, you know, like, I'm not, I don't want to say fortunate because I'm sure you're talented, but I would consider that making it on some level. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I hope that you, you, you do pat yourself on the back for the, for the, the fact that the, you had the opportunity to do that because that is something that a lot of people don't get the chance to do. Well, thank you. Yeah. It was, um, it was part of the, th- therapy-ish thing where I said to myself, what, why am I doing this? Am I doing it because I want to be rich and famous or am I doing it because I enjoy it? And when I sat myself down and said that, it was, I really do enjoy it. I never, um, I could live wherever or be wherever, but in the end, like when I think about what I'm doing 
if it's a creative thing, I get very excited about it and I get really pumped up and really amped up to go do it because it's what I love. So that, that I've been better with. I've been um, better with. I'm like, they just put a movie. Now I'm not trying to plug, but they just put plug a movie. Away. They just put a movie I did online on Vimo called 99 Percent Sure. I did it ten years ago, and it was a romantic comedy. No one picked it up, but they put it out there, and I was proud of it. Like I watched it, and I was really proud of my work, and and I was proud that I was proud. If that makes any mm-hmm. sense, because yeah. um, before I didn't want to see anything I did. Like I said, I wanted to do this a couple years ago. Um, but, I, you know, yeah, I, that's one thing in, in life that I am getting I'm better at of, of really, um, um, sorry, really um, getting better at being proud of what I do, you know, and, and enjoying, um, enjoying my own work that I didn't for a long time. Still struggle, but, um, but that's the one thing that I'm really getting better at. So I think it's interesting because every single person has a different path that they're supposed to take. The timing is different for every single person. Um, we, as a society, put all these timestamps on things. You know, we have to have this by this time. We have to have this by this time. And I lived most of, you know, the past couple years with those timestamps. And when I lifted those timestamps off of myself, I enjoyed life at, like, tenfold like it, it was an increasingly amount that I enjoyed life and what I had than worrying about those next steps that I had to take um and I think with your case it, you know your your path in your life just is taking a, a you know a different time frame of everything and that's totally fine yeah no it's funny you said that because I um when I when I looked at that what I said about um it being okay and doing the not being famous and just because I like it um a big weight went off my shoulders because it was and when I was able to admit why I didn't move to LA or why I didn't move to New York um was because I was scared I didn't know what I was doing I was you know didn't know if I could make it when I was able to admit all those things that's when I was like okay yeah that's it you know why am I running from it why am I I think people don't feel enough like and they're afraid to feel what they feel or afraid to admit what they feel. And I'm getting better with that with age. So I'm almost 40. So by the time I'm 50, I'll be tremendous at it, I think. <laughs> like 60. <laughs> but, um, and I'll be the nurse at home and I'll be talking to girls all the time. Hey. I'll be married at home. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, but yeah, I mean, there's still that struggle. Even driving, we talk about, I don't drive. I was always scared to death to drive. I, and uh, just me behind a wheel was like, what and uh, I just was never never thought I could do it so was it a lack of self-confidence yeah a lot of lack of self-confidence so it's not like you were in a car accident early on and that no sort of I, we were when I was a kid you were when okay I was a, when I was a kid I wasn't a friend of mine died and I was supposed to be with him um the day he died in a car accident wow. so uh but that was well past I was 16 but I just uh, yeah the, the driving freaked me out all the time and matter of fact even anything never rode a bike Never, I swear to God. Still I to this day? With my physique, it's amazing. I was never on a bike. <laughs> but the, um, the um, what was it? Um, the, I did a, that, once again, I'm not trying to plug, but the 900% sure movie I did, there was a scene where I had to ride a scooter down the street. And for 20 minutes, they're trying to teach me. They take the helmet off me, and I was like sweating, like scared to death. And the director's like, get off. We're putting your stuff on the cameraman. And he's going to, so it's like him riding down the thing, and then I'm coming in the door taking the helmet off for like two seconds. <laughs> so you had a stunt double. I had a stunt double just to ride down the street. It wasn't even a stunt. But, um, yeah, so it's like you get, I don't know, it's just it's, self-esteem has been my biggest. And people always say, well, why don't you, you know, you know, just get over it. But it's not that yeah, easy. Yeah, it's not that easy. You know? Do you think that that maybe there's things, like goals you could set with those things that might help? Yeah, in general? you know, I think the the biggest block for me is the girl thing. I um, I don't know. I just can't. It's it, it's that. actually it's like weird for me to sit here and and like talk to you and listen to you talk because, you know, I would have n- never assumed that of you, right? Like, because like I feel like any girl that would like would want to talk to you, right? Did, am I making sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like, not, to, not to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you're no, important no, no. enough to have your own stunt double, <laughs> no. so I don't. Right, exactly. No, like you're easy to talk to. 
right? You, you know, you can hold a conversation. It's not like you're awkward in your conversation. You have a sense of humor. Um, and I'm not saying like, why don't you talk to girls? That's not like, no, 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 no. it's, it's, um, it's just, it's, it's interesting to me to know you and to speak to you. And, you know, we, sp- not that I'm a girl that would, <laughs> would be in the situation to date you, but come on back. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> um, oh my God. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like, I don't, you're, you're like a you're great funny guy. You're a great guy. Like I feel, well, thank yeah. you very much. You, um, honestly, you got a cool hat on. <laughs> thank you. I, what do you call that kind of hat? The Kanga hat or Jeff hat or whatever they call it. I don't know. It. I have no idea. But yeah, it's I, it's my favorite hat. I do I do want to say, and I'm and I don't want you to think I'm hitting on you. You have gorgeous eyes. I've been looking you at your eyes. You do have very nice eyes. Thank the, you very like, much. I get that at more I work all the time. Um, the lady's like, you have such gorgeous eyes, but they're like seventy and older. One side of this table has shit. They call you sweetie. The so, other side has yeah, they call me sweetie and stuff, but that's nice. But <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate all that. Yeah, I, I, I don't, um, I don't know. I, I, we can take some baby steps on. I feel like maybe. Yeah, maybe I mean, with the, with the right person by your side. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's it's something that um, we didn't touch on in there, but um, um. With with the girls thing, it was it was always in college. It started because I was here's the thing. Here's the role that I played. As a matter of fact, I just watched a bio last night, and I've watched I think every bio on him because I resonate with him, and I think so highly of him. But Chris Farley, um, when I was watching and looking and hearing some of the stuff, it resonated so much with me because he had a role that he thought he had to play which was always the fat, funny guy. So in college, I was always that guy. Um, so my friends would always get girls, and I would always be the clown, you know, all that stuff. And um, even, you know, I think the, and like I said, it reassured, a lot of stuff happened that reassured that I was never going to get a girl or, or I wasn't worthy enough. Um, but I didn't tell the story or anything, but, I, you know, I was at a bar and hosting college nights, and, um, and, and once again, this shows you the great friends I had in college. But I was with this this girl who really liked me because I was center of attention. I was joking around. I was dancing. I was on tables. I was doing all kinds of stuff. And then um, she invited me out with her friends uh, back to the dorms to hang out at another party. And so I was like a kid in a cat. I was like, oh, my God, this girl invited me out. I was telling my buddies, like, oh, great, man. Good for you. And I went out and they were gone. So it was like one of these things that was like a joke kind of thing. Um, and I could just remember sitting there like on, on this deck and looking out like, what the hell? I must be a loser because these girls, you know, did that. And I went back in, and I had great uh, support. I didn't think I would, but I had friends that were like, come on over here, dude, hang out with us. And and we hung out all night, and it was great. It wound up being a great night. But um, stuff like that had happened, or them saying stuff um, about or to me um, that just really hurt a lot. So it's funny, you know, we talk about, and you're a writer, uh, you know, sometimes you write what you feel, you know. So I started writing these, like, really dark horror things and, and – um, um, seeing like how I saw girls, you know, it was like they were, you know, mean to me and evil. And I mean, we are mean and we are, evil, but <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, well, there's a lot that are great, great girls. I just want to go on the record and say that you're a much, <laughs> much better looking version of Chris Farley. Oh, thank you. But I love, uh, he was the best. Rest but, uh, yes, he was my idol. But, um, yeah, so, but I mean, just with him, I mentioned him because there's so much that resonates with, with what happened. And it's so sad his story. Because I don't know if you know his story, but he was such, he was an Irish Catholic like myself. Um, and he was never missed mass. But like, yeah, I do. He was very charitable with homeless people and, and just this, a great guy that didn't see it in himself. And so many people tell me stuff, which you guys just didn't. I really appreciate that. But I don't always see it. So I kind of got to step back and work on that a little bit. And I know that, but it's just harder than... Absolutely. You know, that, and that's okay. You know, I mean, yeah. it shouldn't prevent people from keeping on saying it to you, though. Right. Right. Yeah. You actually do a, a pretty good job at welcoming compliments a lot better than people that don't like compliment, like that don't believe the compliments right. most of the time do. So I feel like that's a, a step in its own. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the compliment. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there, there was something that, um, that you talked about that I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about. We talked about it in the video, but, um, you know, your friends from college and the important role that they played in your life. 
Um, I think it's so important for people to understand the impact unknowingly that they make on other people. Um, you know, the talking, the saying hello, the, you know, just making people feel like they're recognized and that they, like, they're not hidden in a, in this world that's so easily to be looked over in. Yeah. Um, and just to continue, it's, I mean, we base all of this off of being a good person. And I think that that has something to do with it. Um, I'm, I'm, so happy that you had those friends yeah. um, to make you realize that the world isn't always so cruel. Yeah. No, I was lucky to have that. And I, I even had them at home. But, you know, when the the home friends were in the grade school world and they stuck, they were with me throughout the whole thing. And we'd always bust chops and everything like that. So they they weren't, like, trying to be mean or anything. They, they really weren't mean to be my friends. But um, I think... As you get older, because kids are kids, you know, kids, uh, high school, grade school, whatever. But as you get older, you mature and you realize certain things. And I wasn't getting that mature. I was just looking at, oh, my God, I got to go to this new place with new people. And and um, after meeting Pete and uh, my other friends that I still keep in contact, my buddy Joe Flood and uh, Pete and all these guys that, that I keep in contact with and... and um, Still talk. I see Joe more than anybody, but um, even him, like he was there a lot of times, you know, because I was, I was that, if I wasn't that funny guy that night, I felt like worthless. So I'd go, you know, I'm a moron, I'm this, I'm not funny. And he would always pick me up, you know, come on, dude, you know, you know, whatever. So, so I, I got a lot of that in college because it, that's what they lived with me. So they saw it 24 seven, whereas the people at home didn't live with me. We were together all the time, but they didn't, they didn't really live with me and see me back behind closed doors or, you know, um, what I was like back then, you know, um, and it was a struggle, but when you have those, and I still have those people today, um, that are newer people that know I still struggle and still with me, my friends, Kristen and Jess, and, and just people that have, um, really stuck me, even my brothers now, my mom now, my dad, they all know it. So, um, they're there for me. And, and they're with me, you know, my dad. See, my dad, the, the cool thing about him is he followed his dream and, and achieved it. And uh, he's in like 11 Hall of Fames for basketball. Um, he's had a Hall of Fame career. He's just unbelievable. And even him, like he, to this day, I'm he's 77. And to this day, he still coaches. And to this day, um, if he sees me get out, he, he pulls me in and, you know, um, reads me different inspirational stories and just is like so i'm lucky to have the 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 base that i have it's so important that's why um when i told you guys i want you to put my email uh my planet legacy email at the bottom of the of the thing i do because if anybody you know um feels that they need no one cares i really want them to reach out because i really want to help anyone i can uh get through it that's the basis you know for our, our platform, I know, which so is I awesome. appreciate that you are, you know, yeah, uh, perpetuating the same message. Yeah, it's it's why I love the show, and I, I love and respect what you guys do. The hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> and um, tornado. I really do. I think um, when I saw the show, I was blown away, and I've watched every episode. And um, for everyone who's putting themselves out there and telling their story, uh, it's been so inspirational. I've cried watching the show. So That's amazing. Um, yeah, I've openly cried. And uh, it's just amazing what you guys do. So I'm just really honored to be here. We're, ha- we're, <laughs> we're honored to have yeah. you. 100%. Yeah, and appreciate we appreciate the uh, support. And anyone listening right now, we appreciate you too. Thanks, Chris. No problem. Um, you know, it, it was interesting. Um, we always find a common thread between our guests. Uh, there's always things that people say that someone has said before. And and with you, you know, there was a part in the video that you were talking about. Um, and I don't want to bring this to a dark place. But mm. when you were talking about, um, you know, having those thoughts of, you know, ending your life mm-hmm. and having those, you know, deep parts um, of yourself. And it just automatically reminded me of Morgan talking about it as well um you know you guys both talked about you know it wasn't really for yourself that you were saving yourself it was for all the support 
that you had around you. Um, you know, and she said the almost verbatim the exact same thing that she didn't, she never wanted to picture her family at her funeral. She yeah. never wanted to make her grandparents feel like she was unworthy of the things that, that they did for her. Um, and you know, some people out there might need to find something to hold on to and that, and them having that and hearing that, that that might save them as well. Yeah. Um, so I really, you know, appreciate you opening up about that. Um, you know, and speaking to how you got through it, especially with therapy, uh, we're advocates of therapy here. Um, therapy saved me. I, I know it helps plenty of other people. Um, but yeah, you know, thank you for, for speaking to that. No problem. And I had a therapist who was, she just did it. Uh, um, she really did it at, at a hospital for children, but she did it on the side. She was a friend of my brother's and we talked on the phone. It wasn't even like we met many times. We met a few times, maybe once or twice, but anytime I needed her, I would call her and we do sessions over the phone. And, um, she gave me some stuff and it may not work all the time for everybody. Um, but the stuff she gave me really helped me get through. Because I'm not lying. When I say 2014, 15, those two years are like blurs to me. Like, it was just, I was going through the motions. I was really, like, down and full anxiety all the time. Um, not most of the time, not all the time. But um, those those little tricks she gave me, the little stuff she gave me to help me really helped me through. Those. It took a while. I mean, it took doing the work. But... Um, I still use them to this day, and and the suicide thing woke me up because it was um, I had never been that way before, and I never thought I would be that way. I never thought, you know, about ending my life, and and um, you know, just to think of my nephews and my nieces who I love so much, and my my family, and um, you know, it just it's, nothing's worth your life, and um, there's always another day. So. Um, and I know sometimes people, oh, you know, they they felt that pain, they they hurt, and I understand that because I've been there, so I know the hurt. I'm not knocking anyone who's, who's done it, but it's just the fact of you, you know, you, you there's just always another day. I mean, that that was always my thing, and and when suicide doesn't end the pain, it just passes it to uh, the people who love you, and that that's the truth of it. So. Um, you know, but that that helped. But also, my <clears throat> finding something you love helps, and 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 diving into that, you know, diving into work, uh, the comedy, and the acting, and um, the stand up, and uh, <clears throat> always helped me to it was like therapy too, because you know you were doing something good, and it was nothing like getting on a stage and hearing all that laughter come your way, and um, seeing people laugh. That's what got me into comedy, watching an old-time vaudeville comic do it when I was a kid, codenamed Cozy Morley, who became a great friend who passed, um, and just watching all these people. I didn't even get the jokes, but I was just watching everyone laugh, and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. So um, so, so that that does help a lot, too. I'm really glad you said that that certain hobbies can be therapeutic because I feel like there's a misconception about therapy. Not mm-hmm. really a misconception because, I mean, there is a stigma. You know, yeah. It has a negative stigma sometimes. But... I feel like when we say we're advocates of therapy, we mean, hey, go pay somebody X amount of money yeah. to, to, you know, to have these these personal sessions. And, and that works for a lot of people. And if you have the money, great, please go do it. But you can find therapy in just talking to another person. Absolutely. You can find therapy in things that you enjoy. And that's the real takeaway is just to find that passion yeah. and to, to hone, in, you know, that passion yep. because that's you will learn so much about yourself in doing that. Yeah. And that's something that is priceless. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't really cost anything. No. I started writing poetry. Um, and I have, I'll have to send you some. I have um, um, po- poetry that I wrote that when I was feeling like really down, this really helped me to write. You know, my godfather died. I wrote a poem on my godfather, and they asked me to do it for the eulogy. And it was the hardest thing ever to do, but I did it. And uh, The Sad Clown was another one. It was about a guy who. <clears throat> when he's on stage, you know he's the life of the party, but he's in the in the in the dressing room, and it's a different story. So it's very, very much reflective of you, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so um, yeah, so the poetry helped me a lot, uh, and it helped me get a lot of stuff out. Even anger, you know, <laughs> if I was angry at somebody, I'd write something out, like like a, a thing to that person, but I would never send it. But it was there, so I could look at it. You know, 
and that helped a ton because it got it got it out of me, but it never hurt anybody. I never sent it along to hurt anybody. So I, I like that you said that because that's um, something I learned actually in therapy was you know a big problem of mine was that I always felt like I had to voice myself of thoughts in my head to the people that they were about, um, and you know I learned that sometimes that you don't need to say those things to the actual person that you know writing them out um, is enough or say them to someone else because, you know, it's thoughts in your head that you're making up. So it's going to hurt them more than do good for you. Um, so like you said, writing it out or saying it to someone else could be enough, Yeah, Um, but get, but but get it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's therapeutic And and people laugh, but crying is like huge therapy and it's, people think crying is bad and it is, it's not great. You never wants to cry, but, um, (laughs) But, like, I would be in work and, you know, not, I'll say it now, not as a shameful thing, but I felt it. And I would go into the stall and just bawl my eyes out because I felt lonely or sad. When you get done, it just is like, it's a little bit of a relief. Like, I got this out. Now I can only go back to work, you know. And you still feel it, but you know the feelings are there. And you let them, you let them kind of hang out and just go about your day and say, I feel you and I know you're there. And, um that's helped me a ton. It really has. Um, I think know. that's important because, like, you in what you just said, like, you're not you're acknowledging your feelings. You're not supposing yeah. them. Yeah, and it's a, you know. a lot of guys maybe think that's not a yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. people the cool thing to do or say you know macho thing, but you know it's when you get older you realize it's all you know it's life. You know you feel you cry you laugh you you know. Um, there's nothing cool about bottling something up until you explode. Right, exactly, exactly right. So, yeah, all those stigmas I think are, um, you know, just that stigmas, and you, you know, you gotta feel what you feel, and it helps once you, you know, kind of get that out. You asked me an interesting thing about stand up. You do. <clears throat> oh, for the vi- oh yeah before yeah. yeah. What was that question? So okay, as a comedian. And, right. you know, you, you've you've been the self-proclaimed class clown your whole life. Then you turned it into, you know, a, a hobby that you're sort of monetizing or at least enjoying. So I wondered if... Because, like, look, I'm full disclosure, I'm sarcastic. And I feel like I kind of hide behind humor and mocking certain things. Maybe even certain people sometimes when, you know, I'm just in a a bad mood right to get through my mood because I'm not a crier and I'm not somebody that actively seeks help in maybe the ways that I should again full disclosure <laughs> this is part of why I'm doing what I'm doing right now with you guys <laughs> but um so I hide behind that and I could very well understand what it would be like to be on stage after having been made fun of for something and then turning the finger on someone else so I was wondering if in your stand-up routines, do you, as the former and even present bud of certain jokes, turn the finger on, on anybody else? Like when I, you when you joke, yeah. who do you joke about? I do joke a lot about myself, but I also, some of my heroes are Don Rickles, who was a big, <clears throat> at the audience, made fun of every nationality, every race, creed, color. So I do go, I do talk to the audience, but I never... That's one thing I never I never look at it as I'm trying to insult them. One thing I always think I would try, because the one thing I do think we're missing in this world especially is being able to laugh at ourselves, like joke about ourselves. It's too serious. Like um, I, I can still do that without really hurting my feelings. So when you come to a show and I'm, and I'm talking to you, I never say, hey, you, if you're fat. Or, I, think I never go there, you know. Um, but if, if we have a conversation, something funny comes out, I'll say something or something about marriage or something about. But I never mean it to be mean spirited. And there are times where it does come where I've had people say to me, I didn't like when you did that or I didn't like when you said that. And I immediately apologize. I told a story off off um, here where I do do a joke about being we had a travel reading trailer cart and um, we had a um you know, I did a whole thing about graduating because I wasn't the brightest student. And we had a whole thing about graduating. I did this one joke um, about wearing a helmet with tassels at the graduation. And a mom came up to me afterwards <clears throat> crying and was really upset because her son, I think, had Down syndrome. And she took it as I was making fun of special needs. And I worked with special needs kids for like six years. So I never, the thing with me is I never look at a joke and say, oh, I'm going to hurt somebody's face. Like I never. Right. 
it's a joke to me. And I was really joking about myself. But I took that really, really, really hard. Uh, and I took the joke out of my act for a while. Brought it back on another night. And the same thing happened on the night I brought it back. So that joke is now, I don't do stand-up as much anymore at all, but that joke was out of my act after that because it really hurt me. I was, it stuck with, like I went out afterwards and my, my friends kept coming, my brother was there and he's like, you know, I didn't talk, I just sat there. I was really, really upset that I hurt somebody through comedy. I wasn't trying to. So it does happen. Uh, if you're a comedian, it does happen. It's something you can't really avoid. I mean, it, you know, um, I just, people going to a comedy show, like if I'm going to a comedy show, I expect, you know, I kind of expect the humor, especially if they're making fun of the audience or I just anything goes with me. I don't, I don't really get offended at comedy shows because it's a comedy show, but, uh, but I, I don't begrudge anybody who does because I understand everyone's different. So. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's a, it's a testament to your character that you don't try and become the, the, the people that hurt you, you know, yeah. that's, it's. No. And not that I, I mean, I don't think that, I don't think that most people who are sarcastic or find humor in certain things actively try to no, hurt yeah, other people's exactly. feelings or offend other people. But sometimes it happens because that's what, what, what people may be accustomed to. Yeah. And I think people, you know, people, like I said, uh, I remember everybody that bullied me. I remember who they are. I remember, but I would never, to me, I forgive every one of them. Like I, you know, to me, it's forgiveness is out of our world too. I just think that that was a time in their life. They may not be like that no more. They, you know, they may be a whole new person and we all change every day. Um, so, you know, um, I don't want to become what they were, but I also, you know, I'm, I'm hoping the best for them. And I hope they are, I'm sure they are moved, moved on and, uh, grew up and are doing great now. Yeah, it's like weird to sit here and like, th and because I'm trying to think back to my childhood and things that I do. I feel like I definitely make fun of people, and I and I feel like honestly, like I feel like I have the right, and this is gonna sound so bad. I have the right to because of how much I was made fun of when I was little. Right, that's what I mean. That's exactly that's, what yeah, I mean. That's yeah. What she was. So like. I now, because I feel like I have power over people and I didn't before, that like, and I don't do it in like a malicious way. Right. I, you know, I do it in a fun, like, in a fun loving way, but there's definitely something like stemming behind it because, you know, I was def I was made fun of all through like growing up for different, I have like triggers that, <clears throat> you know, remind me of the things I was made fun of. Yeah. Um, and like. Like those triggers, like set me off. That doesn't happen too often, thank God. But like, I get like set off like completely. Um, so I've never thought about the reason that I joke and make fun of people so much might be from. from yeah. So do you fun. feel like you make fun of people more when you are triggered, or it's more like no, okay. no. I just feel like I don't know. But I definitely do like I'm like you like you are. I'm yeah, sarcastic absolutely. in the sense of of. But I think I do it with the right people. I can be too. Like I can be yeah. so very circumspect. But I like I said, I'm always doing it as like a joke. Mm -hmm. um, you know, someone said it to me the other day. Oh, I didn't like when you said that. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Like right away, I feel. You know, I was especially if I get on a roll, I'm just joking around. I'm not yeah. trying to be. You I know. can relate to that. But the funny thing is, is like if we took a step back for a second and, and thought of everybody that's once hurt our feelings, like what if what if we could just write all that off as as them doing it to to get a rise out of people to, yeah. to be funny? You know, like yeah. what if they were just trying to make a joke? Yeah. At our expense, and now we're just like, eh. yeah, true. Um, there's another thing that you've brought up that um, I think that is going to be with Carrie with me moving forward is, uh, you know, when kids come up to me and tell me that someone's like making fun of them, um, I, I'm always just like, are you bleeding? Are you hurt? Like, I don't I don't want to hear it. Like, get away from me. And not that it's wrong for me to do that in all senses, but I think that I'm going to listen a lot more carefully when I when kids yeah. do. Um, talk I mean, to me about things. Yeah, um, kids. I mean, kids obviously fabricate the truth, and they they maybe maybe nothing happened, but it just always bothered me because I know that that's the exact reason why I never told anybody because I figured that would be the just get away and you know or they'd laugh at me too you know. Um, so when I hear it, I, I get upset because I just want to. I think it just should be investigated more. I'm not saying just go right at the yeah. kid, but like you know just 
or I'd say, what happened? What's going on? Yada, 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 that kind of thing. Um, and just try and help it that way. I mean, I worked in a school for 10 years, so I know, I know how kids can be. But um, just that's something that, yeah, just always, you know, always um, got to me with, when, when adults would do that. Because I'm like, you know, help the kid out, see what's going on. Because uh, otherwise, then the kid's just going to be too scared to come to you. And then when something's really bad, you don't know what really bad could happen. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's something that I would. And you know what it, you know what affected me, too, was when I worked in schools because I would get really angry if I saw someone being bullied. And I worked with I worked with a child with autism for six years um, who I love to this day. Like, he's my own. And if I was in, like, a... Um, study hall which i was at one point i heard people making fun of them and i that was my trigger because the bullying thing i just can't it's something i just can't deal with mm-hmm. you know um so and we all have triggers i think but um in the end i just think when you sit back and it took a while for me to get to that point too where I say well, wait a minute you know you know tattletale or you know that kind of thing but then when i really thought i'm like that's what i went through so i had this um I had this one time I went through like a weird assist. I was an assistant for someone. It was like a weird phase of my life. Um, but sometimes- was it famous? Someone famous? No, no. Uh, but sometimes I would watch her daughter, and um, I remember her daughter coming home one day from school. She was really upset because someone was saying you know bad things about her, and she was young. She had she was probably like seven, and you know I thought to myself like what, <laughs> you know what advice can I give a seven-year-old that's going to actually be able to process it? And the one thing I learned is you should never underestimate what they can process because I talked to her like I would have talked to anyone and I explained to her, I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Four Agreements. Um, So it's a really awesome book. And the one agreement is um, don't take what others say too seriously because uh, it's a reflection of who they are rather opposed to who you are. Yeah, I've heard that saying before. Um, so that's one of the four agreements, and I explained it to her. And, you know, I explained to her that this person was probably going through something, and the things that were that she was saying to you were actually pain that she felt, and she completely understood it. Yeah. And the next time I saw her, she came up to me and she said, I didn't say anything back to her. I just know she's a sad person. That's why she was saying it to mm. me. And I was that's just crazy. like, wow. Like, but yeah, that's something that I thought about too, is that the people, because I deal with it in show business. In show business, you get people who are so angry that you get something or so angry mm-hmm. that you get some type, type of success that they just want to bring you down or they want to, you know, I've just dealt with it and with someone I thought was a friend, but I'm not going to get into that. But, um, <laughs> but you know, um, you know, they, they, um, they try and bring you down. It's, it's, I was listening to, um, Kevin Hart, great comedian, and um, there's two comedians that would always say stuff about him, and he just said stuff that he's like, you know, I don't know why you're worried about my career. Like, you know, you have your own career, but you got to look inside yourself. Are you angry with me because I'm at this level and you're not there yet? Or, and that's the truth. That's because I've been there. I've been jealous. We've all been jealous or angry or somebody and. And, and I know I have, so I know that that's, you know, that's where that comes from, where you, you're more angry that you didn't get the part or you didn't get that, that you, you know, are just mad at that person or mad at, especially in showbiz, you, you deal with that all the time. Because um, other people get stuff over you or, um, you know, you think you should be in a part that that other person has. So this awkward silence is weird. <laughs> I feel like we've been taking the floor up. I'm sorry, Dev. What do you got for me? <laughs> you got to train me, Dev. Train you? Train me. In what? In exercise and <laughs> eating healthy. Devin has a six-pack. I have a keg. <laughs> I need your help. You got it. Whatever you need. <laughs> so, Chris, who's your favorite comedian? Obviously, of all uh, time. Aside of aside from. Uh, well, I love Friday. Farley. Yeah, I love aside Farley. From Chris Farley. Um, um, I love that whole SNL crew of that era. I loved Adam Sandler, um, uh, Spade, um, you know, Norm, all those guys, Norm MacDonald. Um, but I also go way back. I'm a big fan of the old, old school, like Jackie Gleason, Don Rickles, Rodney Dangerfield, those guys too are all just amazing. Um, and through a good friend of mine who, 
uh, I did a film with years ago, Andrew Schaefer. I got to meet some of my heroes. So I got to meet and hang with Sandler and Jimmy Fallon, which was the coolest. That's pretty cool. Two coolest experiences I've ever had in my <laughs> That's life. That's awesome. Sandler was the best. Fallon was great because he talked me in a, it was in a bar. But was he was he cool in person? Fallon or Sandler? Sandler. Sandler was the coolest guy ever. He was, really? Uh, we I've heard there. from people that he's not that cool in person. We were in his trailer with him. Really? I had a little stogie. I didn't know how to light it, so I didn't have one. <laughs> but uh, my buddy did. I was you like, didn't, nah, you I didn't want to look like yeah, a Yeah, I don't want to look like a moron. Yeah. But uh, he, hung, he hung out with us, showed us around the set, you know, got us whatever that's we awesome. wanted. And, uh, well, that's awesome. And he was good our boy. Yeah, he was the best, man. He was the coolest guy ever, so uh, I wish he'd hire me. <laughs> Sandler, if you listen, hire me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish Adam Sandler was listening. For the haters. But um, who sings that song, by the way, for the haters? Uh, my friend Rich. Rich, it's in my head. I love it. <laughs> uh, Laura words put the words together. We sent it did over you? to uh, him, and he um, he killed it. Yeah, it's great. He did it in like it's three catchy. hours too. Yeah, like the whole thing, produced the whole thing. Yeah, He's like catchy. so quick. I love it. Yeah, I love the show, man. It's catchy. <laughs> um, Thank you. There is, you know, I'm moving here. I'm moving to Columbia. <laughs> to, <laughs> to Columbia, New Jersey. <laughs> New Jersey. Is that where we are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, just to kind of bring us back a little bit, um, you know, it's really, in, and I don't want to say this to like, to, is it the word showboat like myself? Sure. Like, right. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not saying that for this purpose, but, um, I remember consciously in, when I was younger, um, you know, speaking to people that weren't always necessarily spoken to. Um, mm. and, mm. and I can say in my adult life, I've had multiple people reach out to me that I went to elementary or high school with that have thanked me for, um, you know, for just saying hello. Um, Things that, like, I would have never, like, processed. Um, And it was the one of, and I think about it all the time, it was one of, like, the most humbling experiences, you know, because you have someone whose life I made an impact on that I would have had no clue just from saying hello to them when I would walk into class, you know, cause you know, they didn't have anyone else, you mm-hmm. know, that they no were friends with. with and I've had people thank me for not making fun of them in the ways that everyone else did. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the lifestyle that I live now, you know, my life is for everyone to see pretty much. Um, but it, people have watched me grow into this person and I think that they've realized that before even like I did. Yeah. Um, and it's been like a really cool, cool process yeah. to see. Well, that's cool. You did that. That's, um, that mean, that means a lot to people. I've been that kid who's by himself or doesn't know anybody at the party or mm-hmm. anything. So it, it is cool to, um, and I've, I don't think I've ever been in like a click type atmosphere like i've always been one of the ones to talk to any anybody who comes in i don't i never got the whole click thing i never got that um the more the merrier for me i don't you know what i mean um so yeah that's really cool you did that and i'm glad you brought that up because that that is also a big a big thing for that person who was sitting there feeling awkward or Mm -hmm. alone or you know to have somebody loneliness is a horrible feeling it's like one of the worst feelings ever yeah and uh you know, it's just so much, so many people feel like they're just invisible. Yeah. You know, that they're invisible to the world, which yeah. is, you know, not the case. Like people care, you know, there's, do, there's yeah. people out there that don't know who you are and, and they care. Like, you know, we're not the only people in this world that are trying to do what are trying to do good and, you know, want to yeah. see the world to be a better place. Um, and I, I just wish that it was easier for people to know that. Yeah. But, I mean, that's obviously even easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's hard for people to open up and hard for people. That's why this platform is great. But, um, yeah. So, Chris, um, we are running a little bit low on time here. So, you know how it goes. You're a fan of the show. How we like to end all of our podcast episodes is with a little word of advice from our guests. So, for anyone who might be suffering to find some self-esteem or loneliness, mm-hmm. or yeah, anything like that. Let them know. Um, well, as I said, you know, in the in the pod in the in the show and, and here, um, 
people do care, and I was lucky enough to uh, to have people in my life that care, and you do too because you have you have us. So, as I said, that um, if um, you, anyone ever wants to reach out to me, no judgment. You know, I have an email: Planet Legacy P L A N E T L E G A S Y um, at gmail.com and you can reach out and um, just let me know what's on your mind. If you feel alone, if you feel sad. Because uh, we've all been there, and um, you know, just um, also if you're on the other side, uh, check on people. Check on people that are uh, sometimes the happiest people aren't as happy as you think. So just you know, make sure everyone's okay. And um, car horn went off. Make make sure everyone's all right. And um, you know, just just try and be kind. Everyone's going through something. So um, just be kind, to everybody. And uh, also for the bullying thing. Um, you know, if if you're if you're a teacher, if you're somebody that somebody comes to you, listen to them, open your arms to them, open your heart to them, and let people talk because people really need need to talk and get it out. So um, I just want to thank for the haters uh, for this amazing opportunity. This has been one of the coolest things ever, and uh, thank you for having me. Love you guys. Thank, thank you, Chris. Chris. Thank you. We're uh, we're definitely really happy that you came out here. I think is is an important topic um, that needs to be talked about more it can never be talked about enough um you know and taking your time and taking the trip out here and, and making everything work it's uh it's really really appreciated and even you opening up um i know it's not always the easiest thing to talk about the past and uh to bring up those things but um you know we are really happy that you're here well, thank you very much um, so for for everyone that's listening, if you haven't done so already, make sure to go check out the video. Um, thank you for listening this far. Uh, you know, we say this every single time, but each person that you share for the haters with is another person that we can help. Um, you never know whose stories might touch someone else. So make sure to follow us, like, subscribe, everything, share, share our stuff. Um, we're just really want, looking to help out as many people as we can. So yeah, so... Have a good day, night, wherever you guys are at in your life, uh, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs> see you next week. See, I won't see you next week. They will. Bye, guys. For the haters, for the haters, come on to it now or later. Whoa, uh, uh, It don't matter what your name is, share your story, they'll be waiting, duh, uh, uh, uh.